All right, welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. My name is Stacia. And my name is Lizzie, and we are your hosts in all things wellness weirdness. Today, we are going to be talking about doing hard things and what that looks like, what it feels like, what you learn from them, and also just to remind you that, hey, you can do hard things. We're excited to have you here today and for you to get to listen to how we have made it through hard times and what these experiences have taught us and to instill some knowledge and wisdom that I'm sure y'all can relate to. Because I mean, to be real, like we're all going through a pretty hard time right now, even if it is relative. um, There's a lot of things that are coming up for a lot of people right now that is definitely challenging. So we're here to offer some encouragement, support and share some stories along the way. Yeah. And just, I think what Stacia said exactly what I was going to say, like, this is just a hard time, no matter how you're experiencing it. And we are here to remind you that you can get through it. And I think also like for me and Stacia, I'm curious what you have to say about this, but like, it's always a good reminder to me when I hear about like people's awesome success stories after going through some like really shitty hard time. Cause then I'm like, yeah, I can do this too. Something good is going to come from this. Yeah. Isn't that like the hero's journey? Like the most iconic thing, like you have to struggle through something and then become victorious. And there is just something super compelling and inspiring about that journey. So I hope that we have some good journeys to share. Some good. We're just going to go on a little podcast journey. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And do we want to talk about what inspired this topic? today? Of course. So it was interesting. (laughs) I mean, again, obviously the things are hard right now for a lot of people, but uh, Mm -hmm. we were talking about life changes because all of our lives have changed one way or another here, whether it be big or small. And my life changed in a fairly big way because I am now reporting instead of live from New York, I am live from Seattle or more specifically Vashon Island. So I am now in the same time zone. And if we could, we would totally be recording this together, but we can't. So alas, we are still far apart. (laughs) But we're in the same county. Yeah, this is pretty exciting, guys. In the same time zone. (laughs) So for like a year, Stacia and I have done this thing where we talk to each other and I always go, good morning. And Stacia always goes, good afternoon. (laughs) Today is the first time that we're in the same time zone. Yes, it's really fantastic. So that was kind of a really sudden life change that I had made the decision and in about 48 hours had all the things in line for me to get back to Seattle. So it wasn't something I had at all been thinking about. And it's brought about a lot of really good things that I've been able to reflect on that what I've gained from this big move and this sudden change in my life. And I'm excited to get to talk about it because it is a big life change. And in a lot of ways, it has been hard. And there's been a lot of grieving and a lot of tears and a lot of sadness for what I had to leave behind. And then just also dealing with a lot of change because that can be challenging in and of itself. But it is uh, just 
good to be able to reflect on it and see what I can learn from the experience. And there were plenty of things that I'm already realizing that have been pretty empowering and awesome. So I'm hoping that I can offer some words of encouragement if you're going through a hard time. Yeah. I mean, you picked up and moved your entire life, all of your possessions from New York to Seattle in the course of like two days, right? Like that has to make you feel pretty badass. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at first it was really scary and hard and I was like, am I doing the right thing? And I had all these questions and I'm like, moving during a pandemic, uh, what, how, what, when, where, why, what am I supposed to do? Like, this is not anything normal. I'm like, am I okay to travel? Am I being irresponsible if I'm on an airplane? Like uh, the last thing I would want to do is uh, make a choice selfishly that would do harm to others. But I really thought about it. And I was really in a position where it became essential that I got out of where I was at and that I needed to be somewhere else. And so the place that made the most sense was to come back home where I have a really solid, awesome support system that I knew that I would be able to rely on. And so I just put the wheels in motion. And it was so funny, too, because I was tormented about how I should get back. Like, should I drive so I can bring all my things? Should I fly and then have my things shipped to just bring what I need for now? And I was back and forth, back and forth. I couldn't sleep. I was like, what do I do? And then I made a decision and I just kept making decisions. And uh, it's funny how simple that can be. Like you can torment yourself, but really the suffering I think comes from the indecisiveness of not knowing what's going to be next. Whereas if you take a step in any direction, like you're eventually going to get where you need to go. You might take a step in the wrong direction and realize you need to redirect yourself. But at the same time, the like not knowing was the part that was so hard for me. So once I was like, no, I'm going back to Seattle I'm flying there. I bought my ticket. So on Monday, I bought my ticket for Tuesday at noon. And on Monday, I went and packed up all my stuff and got everything ready and uh, found myself a place to live when I landed. That's super fucking cute. That's, yeah, it's on the water. <laughs> I'm like have a beachfront property pretty much right now, which is just mind boggling to me. But it's all mine for right now. And that feels really good too, to come home and have my own space. Therefore, I'm keeping my family safe. So I'm not putting anybody in any type of bad situation there too. And which honestly, my option was to live in my sister's office, which is a shed and has no running water. (laughs) And she was going to like pass me food. And I was going to sleep like on a cot on the floor and just like (laughs) pray for the best. So the fact that I'm actually going to be like Harry Potter. Yeah, no, it was basically like prison. So I'm like, uh, really, really happy that I found the place that I did because that has just made this transition that much easier. Yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm grateful that uh, I was able to make this all happen. And it's of course, I have so much support. And I have so many people that love and care about me. But truly, at the end of the day, everybody's like, this is for you to decide. This is all in Mm -hmm. the ball is in your court to figure out what you want for yourself. And I'm the person that made all the decisions like people would uh, share what they thought would be best and whatever else. But I bought the ticket. I found the place for me to live. 
I packed up all my stuff and I made the decision to move here. And I think that that was really empowering in and of itself because it seems silly. I'm like, yay, at 31, I finally (laughs) learned how to take care of myself. Like, congratulations. But it really was uh, a big deal. (laughs) It was a big (laughs) testament to something that is really important to me to understand that I can take care of myself. And this was like a test of like, show up for yourself, Stacia, you know, what's best for you. And uh, to be able to take that guided action towards what's going to be best for me, as opposed to like, what am I most afraid of and acting out of fear as opposed to acting out of what's going to be truly great for me. And so Mm. far, this has been the second I landed and the second I set my bags down at this spot, I was just like, felt such a huge wave of relief and like a thousand pounds had been lifted from me. And finally, I'm in this space where I now have the space to really step into who I've been working on becoming these last few years and Mm -hmm. all the, the work that I've been doing. And so it was just a cool way to, even though like it was so hard for so many reasons that I was able to take care of myself and put myself into a better situation and do what needed to be done. And then I'm a very capable fucking woman and yeah, that you feels are. really good. <laughs> yeah. And all of you guys that are listening are too. I think Stacia, you brought up such a good point of just like, sometimes you just have to start and put one foot in front of the other. And it, mm-hmm. it, like, it, that might be super slow or it might be crazy fast, like a two day move across the country, but you just have to start. And I think paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. is such a real thing. I definitely struggle with that. I do this yes. thing where I'm like, I don't know what to do so I'm just not going to do anything and then that of course just makes my anxiety about not knowing what to do even worse (laughs) surprise Uh, it's so crazy because you literally think like oh if I can just think through every possible scenario then I'll be able to make a better decision and then you're tormented for the entirety of that time whereas if you just make the decision and say you realize oh I wish I would have done the other thing okay then you adjust and like it's okay you deal with it in the moment because you're capable you trust yourself You have enough confidence in yourself because you've gotten yourself through hard times before. So you're like, oh, actually, I can do hard things. And so the more you can build that trust muscle in yourself that you can do hard things, I think the easier it becomes to make those decisions quicker because you're like, oh, no matter what, I'm going to be okay because I have my own back. Yeah, totally. And I think also to your point, it's like that, yeah, I can do hard things. And also sometimes like for me, I just sometimes need that fire under my ass of like jump and figure it out as you go. Like you just are going to put the wheels in motion so that there's no turning back. And I will say it's always so terrifying when I start those wheels turning, whatever it might be, but it always ends up being the most rewarding when I take like some big jump or big leap or start to work towards a big change versus like being like, I'll wait until I'm ready. I mean, like you and I decided we were going to do a podcast and then we were like, cool, we're recording. Stacia was like, we're going to record this day. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then we just did it. And it's been great. It has been great. And I need to constantly remind myself that. That's very, very true. So one thing that also stood out to me and like 
I think that this helped me with making my decision is I like literally didn't have a choice because of coronavirus. Like I Mm -hmm. couldn't just wait to see if like maybe in like two weeks I'll go to Seattle. I have no freaking clue. Maybe in two weeks I have no way to get to Seattle. And so I really had no opportunity to sit around and think if it was the best decision But that is also something that's so crazy, too, is that really, truly nothing is permanent. Like when it comes to decisions like this, when it comes to starting Mm -hmm. a podcast, say you start a podcast, you hate it. It's the worst thing of your life and you stop doing it. Oh, my gosh. No big deal. (laughs) Say I move back to Seattle and I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. I hate it. I figure out what's going to be next. And it's okay. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, obviously there's some privilege that comes with being able to do this, but I also really, yeah, (laughs) preach. But I also do think that there is so much of like, a lot of stuff is a mindset too, of like, you're not stuck, you know? And I've definitely gotten in that place before. Like I'm stuck in this job. I hate it, but I have to just work here for the rest of my life. And it's like, no, I don't. Or I don't have to live in this. Dan and I lived in this apartment for a couple of years that like was always flooding. <laughs> like, and it wasn't like a light flood. It was like, it flooded <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and like we got, I like totally got in my head like, oh, we can't move. It's good. You know, it's like this whole thing. And then once we were out of town, we were on the East coast, of course, when this happened and it like super flooded. And then we like <laughs> had to move out. And I was like, oh, we could have done this forever ago, you know, but it's just, it's so easy to get caught up kind of in the point you were making earlier of like, I need to plan this out and I need to look at all my options and I need to be super prepared. And sometimes you just need something terrible to happen or a flood or whatever, a coronavirus, something really shitty that pushes you to make the big change that you've been needing to make. Exactly. And then it's so interesting that that can be the impetus for change and that you do have this. I've, I've felt many times in my life that I have been stuck. And it is so interesting because again, I for sure come with a lot of privilege and resources and things that make it like really Stacia, like you seriously are never stuck. Like, and for me, those resources mainly have been like a really solid support system. Like I know I will always have a place to live. Yes, it would be with my mom, but I know that there will always be a roof over my head and food in my belly. Or in your sister's shed. Yes, exactly. There's all, there's always space for me somewhere. <laughs> like uh, I would never be homeless. So like when I make decisions, I know that I always have like good family and good friends right. to fall back on should things get really bad. So I do know that that exists, but I also can't tell you how many times I've been stuck with this feeling of like, I need to be certain before I make a decision. And it's the dumbest Mm -hmm. thing in the world because you literally cannot be certain about anything because say you were certain that you were supposed to, you had finally made the decision. I'm going to start this business. I have found out every single scenario that could happen. And (laughs) now is the right time to do it. And then the world is like, nope, coronavirus. And it's like, wait, but I like literally (laughs) made sure that this was certainly going to work. And then something else happens. And it's like, so even if you think you have certainty or control over this situation, you really don't. So like, you really uh, don't. This idea that you shouldn't make that hard decision or make that hard choice because you think you need to wait until you have certainty around what's going to be on the other side waiting for you is just an illusion that keeps you stuck when you don't necessarily have to be stuck. 
Amen. I know I haven't talked about this a ton on our podcast. I know you and I have talked about it a lot, but something Mm -hmm. that I do for work is I do marketing and I consult a lot of businesses, usually like female owned, smaller businesses on marketing and kind of their business strategy. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I love what you do. But this is something that comes up a lot with my clients is just preparing the shit out of something. And being so scared about like what's going to happen and what's going to work. And I feel like something that I, I, I feel like a broken record more often than not because something that I'm constantly telling the people that I work with and the businesses that I work with is like, you just have to do something even if it's not perfect. So at least you can like collect some information, right? Even if it yeah. like is kind of a flop, at least you have the information and the experience because what I see happen so often is people just plan and plan and plan, especially when people are about to launch something. Mm -hmm. And then they never get to a place, and I've done this too. I'm not perfect. (laughs) I like just ran through like a hundred things in my head. I'm like, yep, yep, everything in my life. (laughs) Yep, raise his hand. But it's like, yeah, you can just plan forever or you can just start. And I, you know, I get a lot of people who reach out to me because I also have a blog and they're like, I want to start a blog or I want to start a, thank you. I want to start a blog or I want to start a YouTube, but you know, I just, I don't have the right equipment or I'm not ready yet. And I'm like, when I look back at when I first started blogging, like they were not great, but I did it and I started and I got the experience and so many things in life, especially the really hard stuff that's super worth it. Like you have to get the experience somewhere and like you can only prepare so much like even doctors and lawyers who go to school for a million years like they go to school a million years and then they still have to like start being a doctor and a lawyer right (laughs) and get experience and I think that's something that I have been working on a lot is constantly reminding myself like just start just do it even if it's not a hundred percent perfect um I used to work for Amazon for a pretty long time and something that they often said there at corporate was like just launch something even if it's only like 70 percent done (laughs) and then you can just kind of like figure out the rest as it's launched and as it's out in the world and that kind of gives you the incentive to like figure it out once it's out there. And I really try to like internalize that and practice not making something a hundred percent perfect before it's alive or out there because guess what? Perfection isn't real. It doesn't it exist isn't. and it's and not attainable. So how much effort you waste into creating something or waiting till you have mm-hmm. all the answers when guess what? When you put it out there, you get all the answers a hell of a lot quicker and it's actually the real answers that you need. Like I wouldn't have known that this is what I needed and that really I truly was stuck until I actually showed up here and made that decision. And now I'm here and I'm like, oh, wow, like this is exactly what I needed. And I honestly didn't know that. I didn't have all the answers when I made the decision. And now that I'm here, now all of a sudden I have all these answers to a question that I could have made up in my head, all the different ways I would have felt or could have felt once I got here, but until being here and that like really, it truly is unfortunate how much that does keep us from making decisions in our lives. Totally. I have been stopped in so many different ways, (laughs) obviously. And it was interesting because that was something I always really admired about my last relationship was uh, he taught me a lot about just taking action. And I've been somebody that has been deathly afraid of taking any form of action Mm -hmm. unless I have certainty of what the outcome will be. 
Like I just won't yeah. do it unless I know what's going to happen. And that's silly because I can't ever really truly have that guarantee. <laughs> I was just uh, I've tried. <laughs> but that being said, like he always encouraged me to do, to just take action and figure it out along the way. And I always try to channel kind of that energy that I saw in him because like he freaking was like, I want to write a book. And he looked up Amazon self-publishing. He found an editor on Fiverr. He wrote his book in 30 days. And next thing you know, it's available for sale. And I was like, wait, but like that took you two months from when you wanted to do it to actually have something. I'm like, that's impossible. I was like, I wanted to launch a course for my coaching for a year and a half. <laughs> and it took right. me nine months to come up with a <laughs> webinar to run a Facebook ad to. Like, I am so pissed <laughs> off right now. <laughs> yeah. And then you're just, I think also the trick about all of this, the like cruel joke is you can still try to like think about all of the different scenarios that could happen. But like once something's out in the world and live, something's probably going to happen that is like way better than you anticipated or just different than you anticipated. So it's like, even no matter how much you're like stressing and planning, you still have no idea. Like you haven't gone through all of the scenarios. You have no idea. But the thing that becomes so important then is having the right mindset around it. And that's like why Mm -hmm. as a coach, like mindset is everything. And that's why it doesn't matter if you have the perfect plan for either your business or your workouts or your nutrition, whatever. If your mindset isn't there, like the reason, like you become resilient, you become courageous, you become all these things through the actions that you take. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like a muscle, right? Like the doing hard things muscle, you have to train it. And then, yeah, to your point, you do get resilient and you get like, more confident and you get all of these things, but it's all these things that you are craving and wanting, but you really only get them by doing the thing that you really don't want to do. (laughs) And yeah. And if you can get in the mindset of being able, I know it sounds cliche, but to see the silver lining and when you become these things, then you therefore are able to handle any challenges that come your way. So truly mm-hmm. any decision you make, anytime you're making a hard choice, you know that on the other side, you're going to be okay because you have learned how to show up for yourself and have your own yeah. back. And so these good things to survive. Happen. Yeah. And that you, you can do hard things. So the more hard things you do, the more you're like, wow, damn shit, I can do hard things. I can do anything. Well, and then you start to look back on like, you'll always look back on this time of like, okay, I moved across the country in 48 hours during a global pandemic. I can do anything. Like it just continues to give you this confidence. There's this book that I read recently and it's called Belong. It's like one of my favorite books. It's personal development. Are you recommending that to me? I still haven't read it, but I need to. Okay, so read it. I'm going to make sure you read it. Um, I've told like every all of my girlfriends about it, but there's all these different exercises and like kind of stories that she tells. And one of them is just on like, you know, kind of getting to understand yourself better. And she asks you to make sort of like a map of your life. And a big part of it is like, look at all of the things that you are like most proud of, your proudest accomplishments. And like the whole goal of this exercise is then to lead you to like the realization that all of the things that you're proudest in your life, proudest of in your life are usually the things that were like the hardest to achieve or that you worked the hardest for. And just to kind of like nudge you into that, like 
do hard things, do scary things. And I was reflecting on my own life and I was like, oh my God, yeah, all the things that I'm like the most jazzed about are the things that were really fucking hard or took forever or that I wanted to give up on a bunch of times and I didn't. And I think when you're in the moment, it's tempting to want to take the easy way out, but that's never where like the good shit is. 100%. Yeah. The end. (laughs) Thanks thanks for listening, guys. This has been our mini episode. (laughs) No, please stay. Please stay. We have more. I'm just kidding. I was kidding. Um, Okay, so Stacia and I were talking about just kind of some questions before we started recording. And I guess the question I want to ask you, Stacia, is what is something that you have learned about yourself from doing? It doesn't have to be this move. It could be anything. Mm But something that you've learned about yourself from doing a hard thing, a really hard thing in your life, a lesson, if you will. So my biggest thing has been, I feel like I really enjoy and relate to a lot of like Buddhist teachings. And I think that suffering is inevitable and hard doing hard things is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a choice to do the hard thing or you being forced into doing a hard thing because something completely out of your control happens, but that the struggles are like sandpaper that shape you into who you're going to be. And that without them, you don't have that, you aren't going to be the person that you're going to be. And so if you can utilize these hard times and reflect and be aware of what's happening for yourself, there's really so much that can be gained from it because there's a lot of things that I never saw happening for myself. Like I think of a hard time for me was being arrested for drinking and driving (laughs) and uh, it was crazy for me because just as a preface like nobody was hurt I was not hurt I didn't hurt anybody else I was pulled over and arrested and I still ended up facing a trial by jury Mm -hmm. which if you would have told me at any point in my life I would be having to face a jury of my peers where they made a decision that was going to greatly impact my life like That is uh, still, I just got chills down my spine because it's just like, wow, I don't think there was any point where I thought that that was going to be something that I had to survive and make it through. Yeah. And uh, that on the other side of that, though, it completely changed the course of my life and in the best way possible. And I honestly am so very thankful for that opportunity to learn and to take it and look at myself and ask what, what do I want for myself? And it wasn't the life that I was living. And Mm -hmm. so I was able to make healthier choices for myself moving forward, even though, I mean, like when you vet a jury for a drinking and driving case, they want to make sure that there's nobody that has too much of a personal stake in the case because they don't want them to be swayed. So the judge asks who here has been affected by drinking and driving. And you see half, two-thirds of the people raise their hand. Of course, And they start sharing their stories about my sister and her husband and their five children were killed from a drunk driver. Someone's sharing their other story, and she starts sobbing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just, like, devastated to my core. Like... 
feeling like the worst human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a moment that I will never, ever forget going through that whole experience. And all the things were just literally so sobering. No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) And if you haven't listened to our Sober Curious episode, check it out. Plug for our Sober Curious episode. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) But that if I hadn't had that happen, I would have kept going along with what felt comfortable, even though it was a really stuck place for me. Yeah. I was just going through the motions of life and this was like a huge wake-up call for me and that uh, I could have been a victim if I wanted to and be like oh well I wasn't even that drunk like I know people that drink and drive and it was the only time I've ever done it and come up with all the excuses Mm -hmm. of why it wasn't my fault and that it was just unfair and then go back straight to the way that I used to be sure but I was like this is a place I will never want to be like I was in jail like I was in a cell with another human being locked behind the door that I could not get out of. Yeah. And it was horrible. And I was only there for 12 hours, but it was the worst 12 hours Still of too, my life. Yeah, I, I wouldn't knew. say it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, when people are like trying to bargain for my lunch and I'm just like, please just take it. You don't have any teeth. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just absolutely wild. And there's no, yeah. like, it's, yeah. If you need to go to the bathroom, you have to do it in front of everybody. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And I can't imagine people that have to spend significant amount of time in jail. It's very dehumanizing and terrible. But yeah. That whole experience, again, is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And then, of course, it cost a crap ton of money. So, like, that was really hard, too. Like, that freaking sucked. Yeah. But that was such a defining moment in my life because I took it and I used it for good. I didn't let it disempower me. I let it empower me to make better decisions for myself and start living a life that I was more proud of. And it has been an interesting journey because it's been, I think... Five years now since that happened, more or less. And, uh, like, I don't know if I would be this far along in my journey of, like, self-discovery and figuring out, like, what I am capable of and what I want for my life if it hadn't been for that hard thing. So it's like, I think in our culture, we are trained to think that any amount of pain or suffering is bad. Like, even as parents, I think most parents don't want to see their children in pain and will do anything to make sure that their kids don't experience pain. Mm -hmm. And so we think that pain is bad. We think pain means that something's wrong with us or that we shouldn't be feeling it. But actually the struggles, the pain, those are the things that are there to teach us the most. And that really, it built up my confidence in the fact that like, okay, I can make better choices for myself because mm-hmm. I started to make better choices and I started to be more responsible for my actions because really, even if I wanted to blame a million extenuating circumstances about why it happened, like that was my choice ultimately at the end yep. of the day to get behind the wheel of the car and there's no one I can blame but myself. And so when you talk about I had spent most of my life feeling totally victimized by the life that I was living and that was a point where the world was like, try and get out of this one. And I'm like, well, yeah. shit. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I really had to own that moment. And in owning that moment, I was able to come out the better, the other side a better, stronger, more capable person. And Mm -hmm. I think that when you truly face the hard time and you don't run from it, 
or you make the hard decision instead of just waiting and waiting and waiting till you feel like uh, you have that certainty that will never come that it's those moments are very defining and yet you can use them for good totally and I think it's that like and this is something I've really learned from my mindfulness practice, but it's that idea of like, you absolutely have no control over what happens to you, but you can, to an extent, choose how you react and you can control your thoughts. And I think even when you're in like a really dark, deep place, like even when I've been in like my deepest, darkest depressions, like my brain is like not working, (laughs) you know, not Mm -hmm. functioning correctly. I, you know, you do still have some control over your thoughts and the paths that you let yourself go down. And yeah, like you could have had that happen to you and just thrown up your hands and been like, life sucks. Life is unfair. But you 100% did not do that. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. What about you, Lizzie? Do you feel like there are moments that you have faced hard things and what you've learned from it or how you handled it? Yeah, I mean, I think like the biggest, hardest thing that has happened to me thus far would like obviously be my mom dying when I was Mm -hmm. really young. And I think that I remember right after it happened, meeting a guy at a party and I like didn't really... I, you know, I was in college when my mom died and I didn't necessarily like bring it up in conversation a lot because mm-hmm. when you're 20, no one really wants to like talk about that in college. And I remember I met this guy at this party and all he wanted to talk about was how his mom had died. And we had like just, you know, he was like a friend of a friend. He didn't know my situation. And he just kept talking about how terrible it was and how it had ruined his life. And I, this was like maybe two or three months after my mom had died. And obviously wow. it was terrible. But I just remember being like, oh my God, I will not let this be the thing that defines me in this way. Like I never want to be, you know, and looking back, I definitely don't think he was sober when he was doing this, (laughs) but it's like, I just remember having this awareness in that. Oh yeah. Hey college, you were the best slash the worst. I just remember having that awareness in the moment of like, I do not want to be this person. And I remember one of his friends being like, Oh, here we go again. Like he always goes down. And it was, you know, he was just, he was blaming everybody and all of these different things. And I just was like, I can't, I can't let this be my life. Like this is, this is terrible and it's awful. And do I wish that that had not happened 100%? And I would never wish it on anybody because it's awful, especially when you're really young. But it, it really, I remember being like, you can let this just take over your life and ruin it. Or you can like use it to really drive some good stuff. And so I think, you know, if my mom hadn't died, I don't know what I would be doing right now. I think I probably wouldn't be as thoughtful about like living my truth and, you know, and maybe I would, but like, I think it it definitely made me realize like time is really limited. It also made me more aware of just understanding what other people might be going through because I was going through, you know, such an awful time. It wasn't necessarily like broadcasting that for everybody. So it made me just a lot more compassionate and patient. And yeah, I think, you know, it really surprised me that I could, like, sometimes I look back on that time of my life and I'm like, how did I survive that? You know, like when you're little and you, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I remember being little and the thought of my parents dying, just like, oh yeah freaking me out yeah Mm. like just being like so terrifying and you think like oh my god if this ever happens like I will not 
survive. I will not get through it. And somehow (laughs) I did. And again, like I, I really wish it hadn't happened and I wish I would never wish it on anybody, but it made me realize like what I could get through. And also just like, you know, seeing that guy at that party and being like, I can become this person. Mm-hmm. And be the person who nobody wants to be around, who is just like turning this into a pity party. And it, it is sad. It's so sad that his mom died. And it's sad that my mom died. But I don't want that to be the only thing that I'm known for. And that was really like a driver for me of like, how can I try to approach life with a lot of positivity and like make the most out of this really short period on on earth that we're here. And I think Mm -hmm. that was also something that like losing her at such a young age really made me realize it's like, you really don't know, you know, you could, something could happen later this afternoon to one of us, which like, hopefully it doesn't, but like, (laughs) you just want to be really thoughtful about how you show up. And so that was something that really surprised me is I think before I had just, you know, I thought I was being really intentional about how I was living and how I was approaching like my day to day, but I, I really hadn't been. And it was definitely a huge wake up call um and also just made me tap into parts of myself that I would not have tapped into and I do look back on it sometimes and I'm like I'm so thankful that I had to like become this person and I just want to say like every time you post about your mom it is always the most beautiful <laughs> and I'm gonna start crying and like no, amazing thing cry. that I've ever seen <laughs> and you. like I always love reading your posts and how you look back on that time with her and how you like cherish those memories and that oh, I just know that you would have like She'd be so freaking proud of you because you are oh, rocking this shit. I'm going to cry. Welcome to our crying podcast. <laughs> yeah. Where we all have I, feelings. Yeah, we have feelings. And I just like, I, every I time I that. see it, I always am just like, wow. Like, she is, Lizzie has become such a strong person through this, through something mm-hmm. that I truly cannot imagine. Like, I came home from New York and I'm so sad because I don't get to give my mom a hug of course (laughs) yeah but that's still like I know I know I know but I just like how lucky am I that I still have my mom to hug totally and that uh, it really is just like crazy this life that we live and uh, no there are no guarantees but you can make it through the hard times and be better for them we are so resilient we are so adaptable and we are so so capable yeah it's fucking crazy like it's and I remember telling somebody this who had also lost a parent pretty young and I was like the most confident I had ever been in my life like the first time I had ever been really confident was like right after my mom died because I realized like oh my god I can survive this I can survive anything and not confident in like look at me in my bikini not like that (laughs) kind of confidence but more just like this confidence in myself and my purse, like my personality and my like soul that I think, you know, especially when you're 20 is like pretty rare to have. And I was 100%. like, Oh, I get what this feeling is that people talk about. And it just showed me like, you can survive. Like I wouldn't want to be surviving this, yes. but like I can survive it. And then yeah. it's also just kind of, I think really driven my like belief system and who I hope to be and like show up as as a person is like hey I can do this you can do this you can survive being arrested and being in jail and pooping in front of other people like (laughs) you know anybody who's listening you like there are really shitty things that have have happened to you or are going to happen to you but like you can 100% survive them and turn it into something really beautiful you can you really can and I think that both of our stories show that and I in different ways and uh, 
that there's, I can think of like a million more that I could share if we had all day, because they're really, those are the moments that I feel like have been the most defining in me becoming who I'm meant to become, because you can have a struggle. And I've seen the people that choose the other path, like you said, that guy that, and I've seen the people that make bad decisions and then feel bad for themselves and they Mm -hmm. do nothing to change it. And they, and therefore then they think that they can't do hard things because they're left thinking that, Oh, like this sucked and now I'm stuck. And now this is how my life is and everything's terrible. And so you don't get to come out the other side at that point. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't get there still. You aren't ever stuck anywhere. Never. But that there really are two choices when you are faced with a hard time. And that doesn't mean that you will have all the answers right in the moment. Like I think when I got arrested, I knew that something needed to change, but I didn't know exactly where that was going to lead or what was going to happen for me. And, uh, it definitely changed the trajectory of my life, but I had no idea. It wasn't like in that moment, like, oh my gosh, like, thank you, life. You sent me this amazing lesson. Thank you for this blessing. (laughs) I am now changed and I am better for it. Totally. Thank you. So like in the moment of the struggle, of course, it was like, there were so many moments of like, what the hell? Why did this happen? Like, I wish that this hadn't happened and it's really cheesy, but, uh, if you are, any of you are Lord of the Rings fans, Ooh. I always think <laughs> of, uh, I'm a huge nerd. And when this all started with the pandemic, I remember having this, mo- this thought in my head that came up and it was like, ah, oh, I wish none of this had happened. And that's a legitimate line from the movie where Frodo is like, I wish the ring hadn't come to me. I wish that none of this had happened. And Gandalf all wise is like, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. Ah, it is Stisha. up to them to decide what to do with the time that is given to them. And it's this super epic part of the film that always sticks out to me. And so whenever mm-hmm. I get into that mindset of like, I wish this had never happened. I wish I didn't have to deal with this hard thing right now. Yeah, I always think of Gandalf like, of course, so do all who encounter these hard times. And so do all who are struggling right now through the uncertainty of this pandemic and uh, losing loved ones and not knowing when their next paycheck is going to come from. Like, of yep. course, you don't want the hard times. You don't wish them upon yeah, none yourself of us want or others. There to be a global <laughs> pandemic happening right now it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's terrible for a lot of reasons and for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And so just knowing that uh, you may not see it in the moment, especially when you're stuck in a hard time. Like, yeah, right. Yep. Like when you're going through the hard time, you're like, why? But eventually... If you are utilizing the right tools, you can figure out what it was there to teach you and what you can gain from it. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, you can also have really bad things happen to you that like someone else did to you or that you were like a victim of, but then you have the choice too. if you like, you know, I think both of the things that happened to us were kind of like, they were really different, but it wasn't necessarily like someone directly doing something to us. And you can still have Mm -hmm. like, something really awful happened to you that someone did to you that was completely not your fault. And that doesn't mean that you like take responsibility for it. And like, you don't have Mm -hmm. to forgive that person. But I also think this is something I've been working through and just like thinking about a lot is like, you know, you can choose to just be mad at that person or blame that person forever. And you don't have Mm -hmm. to forgive them or forgive the situation, but you can also just like choose to move, not past it, but move like, 
through it. it. And I think, you know, and yeah. And in the last episode, we talked about like my whole crazy like college rowing experience and my teammates really bullying me and my, um, you know, coach and everything that happened. And I remember just having this point where I, you know, a couple of years after I was like, I can keep like blaming these people and putting this on them or I can just like move through this and not like let their actions impact who I am as a person. And I think that's definitely a process, but that's also like, if you have something really shitty that someone has done to you, that's awful. Like that is terrible and that sucks, but you still are so powerful and so badass, and you do have the tools and station. I are here for you, for you to like 100%. be badass and work through this in whatever way you need to be able to. Mm. Preach girl. Mm. This has been mm. so good. I love it. And I want to hear your yay for the day. Oh, my yay for the day. Yeah, throwing you a curveball. Let's get to it. (laughs) Uh, So I mentioned a little bit earlier on the podcast that I do do uh, marketing and like business consulting. It's a pretty big part of what I do day to day. And my friend and I, who I consult in businesses with, she's my business partner. We've been talking about doing this forever. And with all of this coronavirus shit happening, we finally were like, we need to do this now. We are launching um, some business resources for small business (gasps) owners and entrepreneurs exciting hell yeah girl yeah so we're putting together some courses and some free resources um and some really inexpensive resources just to help people out at wherever you know you're at in your business and really just something that we were finding as we were launching our businesses or working all these other people through their businesses is there's not a lot of transparency especially in the online business space of like best practices and you know a lot of times it's like to find out my secret formula buy this course for two thousand dollars or you know like a million payments of four hundred and ninety nine dollars and we were like you know what people are really struggling right now we want to be able to like offer all of this knowledge that we give our like bigger clients for like a pretty reasonable rate for people to be able to work through themselves so I'm excited it's been really fun to put together and just realize that we have this knowledge and these resources that can really help people especially small business owners who need a little extra love right now that's my yay so Yay. Like, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm totally going to use all your resources. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even mean to say yay. And my my secondary yay is that I have been tie-dyeing a lot because... Uh, Seen it. Want it. Can I buy it? Like those other people that have been offering. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So Stacia and I are from Vashon Island, which is like the unofficial tie-dye capital of the fucking galaxy. So like part of our childhood was just like you learned how to tie-dye. And so... When I'm bored or when my clothes are getting a little like dingy, like that gray kind of color on white t-shirts, I tie-dye them just for fun. And so I did it the other day because I just, you know, you can only do so many activities every day during coronavirus time. Posted it on Instagram and all these people were like, can I buy that? And I was like... No, <laughs> you don't want to buy my <laughs> shitty tie-dye. I'll just teach you how to do it. But it's been really fun. And I didn't realize how many people didn't apparently grow up learning how to tie-dye and just knowing that inherently. So that, that's that been fun. I've been enjoying just tie-dyeing everything I can find in my house. That's amazing. That's the I end. That. What's your yay, Stacia? My yay is that I feel like part of the reason that I've been distracted and not distracted, but why I lose my train of thought is because like, I'm literally staring at this beautiful oasis of a harbor and the yeah, water dude. is sparkling like diamonds and shine bright like a diamond. Just, uh, <laughs> so spectacular. And uh, 
that this is where I get to call home for the next few months and who knows beyond what choices I will make for myself, but that I'm here and that I am safe and that I am cared for and not only cared for by others, but that I am cared for by myself. And Hells yeah, you are. That's a really big deal for me because I always thought that it was other people's jobs to take care of me and learning that I am not only capable, but that it really feels good knowing that I do have my own back and that I can take care of myself and showing up in this spot and not only having a beautiful place to go through this quarantine, which I am feeling so fortunate for yeah. having this place. Like it really is a blessing right now. And I feel so lucky because uh, it's really not a bad place to be stuck. So yeah. I am very, very grateful for that. But again, it was just as I look out this window, as we're recording this podcast, I can't help but just feel a very deep sense of gratitude that I was able to make this happen for myself and that I was able to show up for myself and have my back yeah. and create this for myself. So, And I do think, good. I feel like this could be a whole nother episode, but I really loved what you said about taking care of yourself. And I do think once you realize that you can take care of yourself and you can also like be a friend to yourself, like that is really powerful. It's super powerful and badass and something that I would love to discuss. Maybe that will be next week's Yeah, episode. let's have that be your next. I'm just going to put that out into the world. Let's that'll be it. our next I episode. That perfect. Okay, fabulous. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank Thank you for our reviews, our reviewers. You guys are great. Station and I both read them last night and we were like text crying to each other. I was like, oh my God, have you read our reviews? And she was like, oh my God. And it just, you guys (laughs) have no idea. (laughs) It was such a good feeling. And I just, I really appreciate all of you who have listened and who have rated and reviewed. Um, It means so much to us. And especially right now when so many small businesses are really struggling, if you have an extra second to give somebody a five-star review or to share one of their social posts or to drop a comment, not just on our stuff, but anybody that, especially for small business owners who are only able to operate online right now, that goes such a long way. And especially if you're sitting at home, just like, how can I help out in the world? That's a really great way to like spread some goodness. So just thought I'd throw that out there. And we also really appreciate when you guys send us messages or anything you just want to share with us. If these episodes inspire you and you start to think about different things and you want somebody to share it with, like we would love to hear what you think and what these episodes have brought up for you and what you're learning through listening or what you're getting out of these episodes, like really getting the messages, seeing the reviews and how this has positively impacted your lives has been so encouraging. It's so and great. We're so happy to get to show up and have these yeah. conversations regardless of the outcome. But having the outcome be this positive outpour of support has been it's really, crazy. really awesome to see. Yeah. And it's so funny when you guys are like, hey, sorry. Like you start off your messages to us like, sorry. And Stacia and I are like, are you kidding? We are delighted to hear from you. So keep <laughs> yeah, it coming. Never, never apologize. apologize. <laughs> we adore exactly. you. Exactly. And speaking of apologizing, the I, I, I'm not actually apologizing for crying, but thank you for holding space for me to shed some tears. It has been as much as I'm like, woo, I'm badass. I'm strong. Like this has also been difficult. And I think that there are certain times where my emotions come out of me and I'm happy to share them with you all. And I feel very safe to share them all. Thank you for being comfortable enough to cry on Skype (laughs) and into a recording that's going out into the world. That's like very impressive. 
that's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. Well, guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Stacia, welcome back to Washington State. And everybody, don't forget, hey, you got this. We will see you next time. Thank you you so much.